Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. And welcome to today's Trusted Advisors Panel, Embracing People Differences Through Empowerment. <laughs> Stepping into the facts. And, and Ashley, I'm, I'm going to pull you on deck here for a second, because talking about some of those facts and talking about someone that is confident. You, I think you're far from being one of the more confident people in the room today. Am I wrong? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh come on. Stop. No, you, oh, you knock it out of the park every time. You really do. And, and, and there's there's one thing about you that that precedes you. And, and it's the pronouns that we see next to your name. You will put she, her, hers next to your name. Well, some people know- will judge based on that, though, at the same time, instead of embracing that difference. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, um, you know, if you're listening in your car on the podcast, you're not watching the video. You, you don't know. Necess- I mean, you are unconsciously processing listening to my voice and that might evoke one gender or another. But I am I use she her pronouns. And and while anyone can share pronouns in this world, pronouns is not an LGBTQ plus thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not a transgender thing because I have right. really good friends that were working in an HR field that are named Kelly and Kim. And, and Kelly and Kim are two of the best male colleagues that I've ever had when I worked in the banking industry. And then I also have really good friends, Riley and Sam. Uh, and Riley and Sam are the, two of the best salespeople in the banking industry that I ever worked with. Um, and all all four of those people got misgendered all the time, but me as an out open transgender woman who shares her pronouns every day, it just seems like um, one of the good things that I try to do, but then at the end of the day, right, it sometimes actually outs me even more. Um, so it's like a double-edged sword because of that unconscious bias we were just talking about. Once you see that and you immediately think, oh, well, what are they trying to, what are they trying to put onto us? But really pronouns are about productivity for human resources. Um, what do you mean? That we can, oh, what well, do you mean? We, Go ahead. Yeah. Well, we can lower an email back and forth where someone who's that gets misgendered, like my four examples of Kelly, Kim, Riley, and Sam. But what about if you have an operation in another country and you don't understand any of the name gender pronouns the way that which which somebody's name would be and you just only operate in America and then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't know what any of these names would be. How do you start that email? How do you communicate that on an HR form? How do you, right? So all of these things lead back to a potential bias that you hate when you hear someone or when you see someone's name, you're making 2 million decisions every single second. You cannot physically process all 2 million of those decisions. And that's where biases can creep in. It's a big world. It's a big country. And I can't lie. I love talking to people from your region of the United States that being the Southeast region, but you deal, many of you deal with clients all over the country and all over the world. And I do have to say, I see very big differences sometimes between where I mainly operate in the Northeast of the United States and where you are in the Southeast of the United States. What may be an issue in your area might still be something that's kind of 
uh, commonplace up here in the sense that it might be more accepted in ways. So when we think about uh, regions, when we think about being accepting of the difference in people working with someone in, in a different uh, country or in a different part of the United States, do you find that, that that's a heavy impact in, in your field? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think all of us, uh, you know, since the beginning of COVID, I mean, and this is, I should say, since many, many years ago, but it's really, really hit home since COVID because so many people went to work from home, even though that was a trend before, it definitely became mainstream and that's it. People are working from home and um, uh, even though many executives aren't going to be happy to hear this, many of them are, are not coming back. They're only working from home from now and that's it. Um, I don't know about you guys. I think we're all here probably, you know, with our nice shirts on and I've got flip flops on and <laughs> shorts and sneakers. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Now, for those that are, are listening today, uh, the three of us are in Florida. So we normally wear flip flops anywhere anyway. And then JC's in New York, but it is summer ish up there. It's almost summer. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I still have my winter galoshes on. It's okay, though. Please continue. <laughs> Anyway. See, there's a bias. There's a bias already. I've, I'm uh, let's embrace my difference. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, since everybody, a lot of people work from home, even if it was temporarily. But even before that, you know, you rarely even just hired people that were from your city. You have an ad out, and this has been going on for decades, or definitely the past, um, the past probably six, seven years, because the shortage of staff, the shortage of uh, human beings in the United States that are eligible to work at our job. And that's, again, a whole other podcast, too. Um, we've had to bring people in from other states, other cities, other states, other parts of the of the world. And we've had to accept those differences. And even and if we didn't, those employers that didn't accept those differences, whether it be religion and religious garb, and that's, you know, may not be normal to your zip code, but now has to become normal to your, your office, uh, regardless of what your, your city thinks. Yeah, we have to quickly figure out how to adjust because those individuals that uh, may not look like us, sound like us, are educated like us, brought up like us, are the ones that we need to help change our organization. And let's face it, if we keep hiring people or just working with people in our personal life and professional life that are just like us, we are not going to grow. And so, so should anyone in the room desire to continue with the region thing, you're certainly more than welcome, but you, you brought a fantastic piece to mind. I want to put it out there real quick. You're talking about sameness. You talk about operating from a place of fear, uh, clinging to what's familiar, uh, staying where you are, staying where you are because it's comfortable. And, and then lives are designed based on those trends of acceptance. Let it be within the workplace or within the social circles in which you reside. And those social circles might also then trickle into the regions in which you reside, et cetera. So sameness in the workplace and, and region. Is there a connection between sameness and region? And or as leaders, do do we need to maybe take a look at sameness and and think about things from more of a global perspective? Work with me here. What are you thinking, Leslie? So sameness is where we tend to have our comfort. 
we're comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. We're comfortable with people that are like us. And I don't necessarily mean skin color. I don't necessarily mean religion, but who have similar values, who that tends to be where our comfort comes. So I don't, I can't say I'm not, I'm a, I'm a Orlando girl. So I don't know much about living in a lot of other places. Um, but that said, I don't feel like regions have that much play in this perspective. Um, in my opinion, now there can be some like affinity biases, you know, like I went to or a university of Florida. So go Gators. I got to hire somebody from <laughs> university of Florida, right? right. Or whatever that kind of affinity, there could be those types of biases, but I, I, I think we have to really make sure that we are um, thinking about the best choice for our organization, our team versus what feels comfortable for us. Because the only way an organization grows, the only way a human grows is when we get out of that comfort. Or as Brene says, you know, that choosing uh, courage over comfort, stepping into maybe something unknown or that feels different to us. But that truly becomes the opportunity because we don't grow in sameness. Yeah. My opinion. Excellent opinion, by the way. I'm digging where we're going. Ashley, what do you think? Ashley's yeah. got something. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have something here as well. Um, I, I mean, I think that the comfort zone is definitely, um, it's a very interesting place. And I think it actually centers back to, um, well, I I center it to step one in the empowerment process. So I created a four-step process of empowerment that anyone can do. And Leslie actually touched on this earlier, um, which is self. <laughs> so we're back to self <laughs> and you will be the judge of what you can do and what you can't do. But if you don't do a holistic assessment for yourself in relation to your comfort zone, so access the show notes and you'll find the link to my empowerment self-assessment that's going to help you in this journey as a leader, you're going to say, okay, well, wait a minute. What is part of my comfort zone in relation to all of these topics? And how does that actually impact me and drive revenue for an organization? Because at the end of the day, someone signing that check and it's coming from an organization. And, and if you're not making decisions that drive impact for revenue, then why are we here? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, exactly. I mean, it, it really is. It, you know, I, I think that the way to get leaders, uh, business leaders, and we won't use titles because anybody could be a leader, but let's just say, you know, the, the, the ones that can write the checks, right, and who can make the decisions. The way that we get them to get on board with this whole embracing differences and um, to empower people is to affect the bottom line. And if we can connect it to that, that bank account, which we can, sometimes it takes time, but there's so many experts out there, like the ones we have on here today. And there's so much statistics out there that we need to get them to understand that if you empower your people and you empower everyone to be their self at work within reasons, within guidelines and within the company values um, and hire the right people and then train them to work into the company culture. And then of course, actually hire and or train managers 
then ta-da, all the goals of the organization are magically going to work. Is it going to happen overnight? Heck no, absolutely not. I think, uh, you know, all three of us here, myself, Ashley, Leslie, you know, that's what we do for a living. We're, we're, we're different, but we're all working towards the same goal, which is to help employers have awesome organizations, to have help employees have awesome jobs, and, you know, to just have our community little by little be, be better wherever that community might be. Uh, we, we have a long way to go, though. We, we have so much um, distrust in the workforce. And that's, you know, one of my personal goals uh, moving forward is to making sure that managers, leaders um, understand that your employees have to trust you. And if they trust you, they will, uh, they'll do anything for you. And that's, and vice versa. And then it, it becomes a win-win. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.